Hi, this is Thomas. This is Robbie. And this is Megan. And you're listening to Believe in the Runs, the Drop Podcast, where we talk about all things running. I mean, it really doesn't matter anymore. We'll cover anything. Yeah, it could be tangentially related to running. Yeah. It'll get covered. Is that a word? It is. Okay. One of my favorite yeah. <laughs> adverbs to use. Yeah, it's very difficult to get that one out. Yeah. Okay. So this past weekend was something for the books. Yeah. The How largest, much fun was that? The largest event to go off since March 8th, 2020. Really? Yeah. Like running event? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. I did not know that. There I'm- were uh, 4,000 registered and I think... 3,500 finishers or something along okay. those lines. For, by the way, we're talking about the Woodlands Marathon. In yes. Texas. In the Woodland, the, the Woodlands, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In in the Houston metropolitan area. Yeah. I mean, so we went down there Thursday. First off, let's let's start from the travel because like yeah. we were on planes. Yeah, we were on planes and right in time for the gates to open in Texas. Texas yeah. 100%. I mean, it was just surreal altogether, like being back in an airport because the last time we flew was coming back from the woodlands. Ironically. Yeah. And so here we get on a plane. Uh, it felt weirdly normal. Yeah. it's. I, I, th- I think that's one of the weird things is that people seem to assimilate back into normalcy pretty quickly. Yeah. More so when we were at the race. I mean, the plane, you still have the masks and stuff, but you're clearly not six feet away from anybody. Luckily, there was three of us, so we didn't have to sit next to a stranger. But, you know, you're packed into those planes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, the terminal was bumping. Yeah. Yeah. There was, we, the, the Southwest terminal <laughs> was, was so, it was more, more than, packed than like pre COVID. Totally. Yeah. So we got down there and, uh, Checked in to our hotels and then met up with Ben Johnson, yep. rev- reviewer for Believe in the Run and Instagram influencer type. I don't know. Hey, uh, Instagram star. Star. <laughs> he's not really an influencer. Yeah. I he, mean, I, he's influencing he people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's influencing people. I, th- I mean, Ben's a personality. Yeah. And, and, you know, what was great about actually hanging. So we've been working with Ben for a while, but you don't really get someone's full personality when you're just messaging back and forth and stuff like that. And, and we've talked to him a couple times, but being down there, uh, he's awesome. Oh, it was great. It was so nice. And then I, you know, hung out with Dave Eames, another one of our reviewers and Thomas's coach had a few pints of the old Guinness right after <laughs> Ro- we got Robbie, it. Robbie treated this like it was one of the stops <laughs> on a band tour. <laughs> I mean, I was only running the 10 K so you can kind of like, <laughs> let, uh, dip into some of that lifestyle and it was i mean walking around and just seeing people yeah i mean when you had to put a mask on you put a mask on but like as soon as you get to a restaurant it's like masks off and you're eating and drinking mm-hmm. it and was also really nice to be in 70 degree sunny weather oh yeah my didn't forehead hurt. still peeling <laughs> <laughs> and they had we, they had a normal race expo i mean smaller but yeah. it was yeah. still what you, something to look forward to. Get yeah. your bib, get get your swag. We took pictures with people. Yeah. And uh we saw Michael Kragic from Atreyu. Yeah, always a sweet dude to hang out with. <laughs> and <laughs> completely insane. Yeah. And then um I mean, race day morning. Yeah, let's talk about that. Cause it, it's the same feelings were it back. It was bonkers. It yeah. was I I I was only running a 10K and I wasn't even going for PR. I couldn't even sleep the night before because I was like so excited. 
Yeah. I probably only slept like four and a half hours or something. Oh, wow. I always I just say kept I waking up. well. I think not having Ralphie in bed is a good thing because <laughs> nobody. Uh, it was a really comfortable bed, too. Yeah. We stayed at the Westin. Bobby stayed wow. at the Garden Inn because he was. He was like, I don't. We're like, hey, so which hotel are you staying at? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I was maybe I was looking up campsites. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought it would have been kind of cool to go camping, just like at the woodlands. You are a it's like it'd be like camping at the mall. It, yeah, basically, the clo- there is like no campsites within twenty minutes of the woodlands. I think there's like some RV parks. Which I was like, can I set up a tent in between a couple RVs? Maybe. <laughs> so we got him a hotel room, luckily. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, the yeah. start was pretty much like a normal race start. They obviously had people spread out. So they were using like parking garages to line everyone up. And they had like three rows of caution tape lined up so that you were kind of, you know, separated a little bit. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it felt pretty much like a standard. And everyone wore masks, like yeah. in the crowd. In the crowd, and not everybody. I saw some people without masks. I was really? just like, well, for the on. most part, though, because I don't know that they could really regulate that. No, but I mean, I was a little surprised because I, I mean, there was like one or two people in the immediate area around me, and we weren't packed in densely. But as soon as the race started, you it collapsed down into what would I would call traditional. Um, yeah, like it just normal. race, like race. yeah. So, and my favorite thing was as soon as, as soon as we started going, and, and you were allowed to take down your mask, I I I just remember looking up at one point and being like, "Holy crap, we're actually racing!" Like there's thousands of like I looked around, and I was like deep in an ocean of runners. Yeah, and and of course, it like spreads out over the, the it, it spread out a little miles. bit, but I was always I was always near somebody during the race yeah like i was using kind of people to pace off of and right. stuff like that but in there were spectators i mean it was just insane and of course megan we should probably talk about your race since it's the most important of them all <laughs> uh yeah i well ben flew out nicely to pace me for the whole thing um and we started out it he's a metronome so the goal was to run a 255, and we came through the half at, I kid you not, 127.30. That's ridiculous. You can look at our splits on the official time. That's so insane. Which is a 255 on the dot. Um, and then I was struggling quite a bit. So we ended up with a 256.33, I believe, uh, which was my official first under three-hour marathon, so I can't complain. Yeah, that's yeah you did the virtual one, but if you think about this and – you kind of feel, and I, I kind of feel like, and I'd say, Megan, you probably agree, uh, Megan Featherston's uh, nutrition really helped create, and this is kind of a huge PR for you. Like, what was your fastest marathon up to this point? Uh, three hours and 19 seconds. Super fun. Um, I will say I think that nutrition and hydration played a huge part in it. In fact, I've told you guys this, but... So you didn't you didn't feel good from the start? Yeah. So I uh, normally in a marathon, it's like you have to hold yourself back because you got too fast and because you feel really good because the pace feels easy in the beginning. I never had that. I thought we were like sprinting from the get go. And I was like, <laughs> Ben, what pace are we doing? And he's like, we're right on track. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, That's so- <laughs> this is going to be the longest day of my life. Why do you think you felt like that? I still haven't figured it out because I got a good night's sleep. I we carb loaded for two days. I felt like, okay, 
Um, the maybe, only... maybe it was the jet lag. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you could always blame it on that. Could right? have been all the excitement <laughs> of seeing human beings for the first time in a year. True. Um, I'm not totally sure, but I feel like having the Martin gels like in my head every 30 minutes, I had to take one. And then I was lucky to have bottles out on the course. So every like 5K-ish, it was like, okay, take another bottle. And I feel like those just carried me Chunked throughout the whole you. yeah marathon. But I do, I do feel like overall all the training and everything we did, the one thing that we switched up this time and both of us performed well on race day was the, the nutrition. Mm-hmm. And we did, like, I eat more of this taper normally. Like, during taper, I don't want to get fat. <laughs> so I don't eat or anything <laughs> that week. And this time, I, like, the night, the days and night before, I just wolfed down stuff, anything I wanted, really, including, like, chocolate. <laughs> and you, te- you technically got a PR, too, right, in the half yeah. marathon? Yeah, I did. I mean, I haven't trained for a lot of halves, but it, it was a really good indicator for using for the VDOT score because um, at my the biggest problem that I had was halfway through my hamstring, which took, oh, right. me, took me out for a week, like was triggered halfway through. And so I, I was just like, hold on to the pace. And it felt like I was going slower than I was. Um, I ended up with around a 719 pace for it. And I really, which was the goal. Um, How do you get through that moment? Because I know in past races, you like not give up, but you just kind of like tap out mentally. I haven't really, no, I never really tap out mentally in the races. I just have like run out of gas. I think that's part of it was the, um, was the nutrition, but also like, I feel like it was a little bit of a missed opportunity because if I, the hamstring hadn't tweaked I think I would have been confident to to pick up the pace for the second half. Mm. But, you know, it is what it is. But hey, a PR is PR. Yeah. yeah. I take that every day. Yeah. My our our plan was to start out right at the two fifty five and then at the halfway point we were gonna quote unquote pick, pick up, up the pace. Uh, right. <laughs> and it, we hit the halfway point and Ben was right in front of me because he's blocking some of the wind. And he turned around and I was like, no, do not pick up the pace. We are staying at this. <laughs> that, that reminds me of my marathon PR when it, I was at the, he's like, yeah, I was running with a pacer as well. And he's like at 20 miles, we'll have six to go and we'll, we'll run it like a 10 K and pick up the pace. And uh, we got to 20 miles. He's like, Hey, you ready? You want to say, I'm like, I am holding on by a thread right now. <laughs> Did you, um, but you didn't, puke or cramp did you Megan no um I got the you know little twinging feeling in the legs around mile 25 which is the latest that they've that's ever happened that'll usually start at like 17 and then I'm like on the ground at like 22 (laughs) so that's great I do think that the hydration and nutrition also played a huge role in that yeah and you've always had to learn the hard way like like I remember when Megan first started running I was like you need nutrition on the course she's like I'll just take one gel that's all I need I'm like (laughs) Uh. <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing throughout this training is how much we fueled the long runs so that I was used to taking it in, but then also that helps with your recovery so much. True. Yeah. Where Makes I sense. would be like, mm, I won't I don't need to take gels during training, I'll just take it during the race. 
but then you put yourself in such a calorie deficit and you it takes so much longer to recover from it. <laughs> and you're point. all grossed out by gels because you weren't used to them by the time racing yeah. came. So you're like, I'm not even... She used to come back like she would take like four gels with her on a race and come back with three. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning slowly. And you both ran in the alpha flies. Yeah. I love them. I don't care what anybody says. I know that uh, you get two camps. You get the people that are saying you're cheating using them and you get the people that are like the alpha flies don't really work because you see all the pros are going back to the next the vapor fly and i'm like i don't know there's so much fun like i think the difference is when you get in that higher mileage that the vapor fly starts to feel kind of like a normal shoe mm-hmm. alpha fly never feels like a normal shoe you always have that little bounce off the forefoot yeah it just it just doesn't die you oh yeah that's awesome you always have that I mean, you've got air in there. Yeah. Right. And it, also, uh, um, Ben was ben, wearing them as yeah. well. Yeah. So we we had kind of a crew. Robbie was the outlier in the 10K. He was trying out the Diodora. Equipe Corsa? Yeah. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the shoe was a little bit too big for me. It runs long. And so I had a, at least a thumb, maybe more. Yeah, you you need a smaller size. What size is that? For especially for racing shoe, yeah. it was my standard size, seven, seven and a half. Seven and a half. And then, but Didn't I couldn't he, get a good like lock down in it. So my and there's not much structure in the. Do you heel. think you need a six or do you think you need a a, a seven uh, or a six and a half or a seven? A seven would probably be fine, but maybe a six and a sure half if we, I wanted it really locked in. I know we know some people. Yeah, I know. Um, but I did. I will say we first ran in the Diodore racing shoe when it was like 28 degrees out, and it was pretty firm. But yeah. in the warmer temperatures, it, it felt decently soft. Okay. Um, maybe I'll like have a to good, try it like again. good for a racing flat. And then the I did actually like the wide base of it because it's like really wide to give you more of a stable platform in the forefoot in the forefoot and i did like that but the heel with that rounded baseball thing was a little squirrely do you think that was because it was a little large or do you think that that it was a little squirrely yeah uh no i just think the geometry of it was so even if it fit your foot you feel like it would have been well just if you hit something uneven it's like i felt it kind of wobble okay but it wasn't it wasn't bad um obviously because it wasn't super tight i didn't get a like a good feel for it when i was turning corners and stuff like that um if you had been like really racing i think i could i think i would like the shoe okay. i, I want to i wanted when it warms up we're gonna get some warm weather maybe even today maybe i'll just go out try it for a mile or something to see how much different the durometer of the foam feels with the heat yeah and i uh but i felt pretty good overall considering i haven't run more than six miles and the last two and or three months. you're still feeling okay. Yeah. I Even mean, after the race. Yeah, I ran again yesterday and felt felt good. So, I mean, I wasn't, didn't have any pick-me-up for sure, um, but I was able to maintain like a 7.15 down to a 6.50 mile for the race, so it's not terrible. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's good going forward. I feel like once I get in more miles, I'll be good. But, it, yeah, the, the race itself was amazing. The after after party scene was yeah. so sick it was it felt normal like back to regular oh, but it was like a, we're laying in the grass in the perfect sunshine. day yeah just laying on the hill what hanging do you out call with, that a bluebird day what do they call it what that works for me <laughs> seems like it like there was not a cloud in the sky yeah it was crystal amazing. clear blue and we skies. we got that 
for some, you'd think I'd remember after 39 years of living that on the first day of spring, don't sit out in the sun on a grassy hillside <laughs> for three hours. So, of course, like we're all sunburned, Thomas's heads peeling. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, we're snakes over here losing their second skin. It was the best. Skin. Like, I'll, I'll, worth it. I'll take so it every worth day. It. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and then we, I mean, it was great post run, post race beers. And then we went to a little Mexican restaurant. Yeah, what's nice crew. about mm-hmm. the Woodlands Marathon is the finish and the start is basically right at the center of the little town. So you walk straight into a bunch of outdoor bars and restaurants and it was amazing. It's pretty nice. And that town, it freaks me out a little bit because <laughs> it it's too clean and like pristine. <laughs> it's like in there's, there's no homeless people. No, there's especially coming from Baltimore. There's, you know, in movies when they're imagining like life in the future or like after death and it's like kids playing around in the grassy like common area with like fountains and everyone's happy there at all like that's literally what it felt like yeah i was like (laughs) we keep talking about we're in a simulation and it felt like we were in a simulation it's (laughs) just perfectly manicured it's there's no sense of like no sense of danger at, at all at all there like i feel like you could walk around with money taped to you and you'd be fine oh dude (laughs) the night before the race i was hanging out with my one friend who lived in houston and he was like we should just you know maybe we can go walk along the waterway in the woodlands after dinner i was like cool i was like you think it's cool if i just grab some beers like from the from you know my fridge and like we can just walk down drink you know drink a beer he's like uh i don't think that's cool i'm like Oh, yeah, I forgot. In Baltimore, you can do that literally <laughs> wherever and no one cares. <laughs> He's like, I, I think you'd get in trouble here. <laughs> I don't know, man. You just uh, you have to find out. That should be the experiment for next year. I mean, what's the worst? You get a $25 ticket. Yeah. <laughs> for, for Down there, probably end up in prison for like <laughs> a year. You get the Rambo treatment. <laughs> yeah. I'll drive you to the edge of town, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. So uh, overall, it was... It was a pretty awesome time, I gotta say. Yep. Yeah. I, if if you're listening and you can get out there and race, do it. Um, it's fun. It's fun to be around people. And if you can't sign up for the Eugene Marathon, uh, I'm doing the half virtual half for that, and I'm doing it mostly because I just want that piece of Hayward Field. Hayward Field Medal. Are you doing the half too, Robbie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I've actually signed up yet, but I'm gonna. You should sign up. I will. You're going to run I out. I need that medal. Run Shoot, out of got to do it. Hayward Field Wood. Yeah, and then obviously next year, sign up for the Woodlands. going to be awesome again. Yeah. So Registration's actually already open, and... If you sign up for Eugene, use that Tomorrow code. the price increases, so it's the early early bird. It's the cheapest the Woodlands. you can get in is today and tomorrow. What's the price? Do you know? I think it's like 80 bucks for the marathon. Oh, wow. That's the, pretty good. And the awesome thing about the Woodlands is that it's in Houston, which is a usually a cheap like hub for, yeah. for flights. And there's so many hotels around of like any price point that's like a yeah. half mile from the start. It's pretty, it's pretty sick. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, that's it for our Houston. I'm sorry, for the Woodlands Marathon recap. So here's our first check-in. And I want you to know that the difference between people that succeed and people that fail is not having the routine, but actually following through with what you should be doing. 
And if you're out there running right now, you're following through. So that's the first step. Do you guys want to talk about uh, the news now? Um, yeah, let's talk about some news. What's, the, what's going on with Des Linden these days? Well, I think she's partnering with Jaybird, and she is going to try to break, is it the American 50K record, or is it just the 50K record? She's trying to break the 50K world record. What do you guys think about uh, her making the change from marathon to ultra distance? I think we knew it was coming. But what does that mean? Does that, like, when people leave the track... And go to the marathon distance. It's because they don't have the speed for for the track anymore. I mean, Desi is still super competitive in the marathon. Last uh, year, she ran the Olympic trials and came in fourth place on a very difficult course. Yeah, there is that sense, I feel like. Like, is this a retirement? Not a retirement, I don't think. But maybe it's just an, a new challenge, too. Because realistically, at this point, it will be hard to secure a first place finish. I mean, she came in fourth at the Olympic trials. And so maybe it's just a new challenge. It's like, I was going to say, it seems like she, I mean, if you remember before the pandemic shut everything down, she was going to do the trials and then Boston. And it was like the back to back. Like, I feel like she's just ready for different challenges and yeah, harder, longer distances. By the way, I got her PR here. 222. 238, which is pretty fast. Super fast. Faster than me. <laughs> oh, barely. What's By a what, few seconds. What did Sarah Hall run? Do you remember? A 219. Oh, okay. Or 220. I think it was a 220, but either way, that's pretty nice. So, yeah, Des ran that in 2011 at the Boston Marathon, which for the Boston yeah. PR at the Boston Marathon is wild. See, I knew that it wasn't 240 when you guys were talking all that smack. Yeah, I didn't think that was her PR. I was just saying what she ran in that race. In in the Boston, the the Boston that we think of Desi winning. Yeah, that's what everyone thinks. Yeah. No one remembers the 2011. <laughs> what was she, like third or second? Uh, in 2011? Yeah. She was second. Yeah. But first in our hearts. Always. Always. And yeah. I was going to pull up her 2018. Yeah, 239, 55. In the crazy weather one. That's so weird to think about because it's such a quote unquote slow time right. for the winner of Boston. That it's it's wild that the super fast people who were predicted to win, projected to win, completely just DNF'd on that. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of them legitimately got hypothermia. Yeah, they didn't have they had singlets on and they weigh like three pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Throw a Michigander <laughs> against froze. they all froze. Yeah. Throw Des a it does stay with the jacket on. I mean, that was Savage. brutal conditions. If you think about, it. I mean, you're wet and freezing. I love it though. I love that you that, like that can Epic. separate. Yeah, and you know, one runner from another. It's cool. Anyways, so yeah, that's exciting to see her. Did she say what like race she's going for? They just said something in the spring. Okay, I don't know. If Probably I'm... kind of what Hoka Ooh. did with Jim Walmsley. Yeah. Oh, you know why? You know why they're doing it. Hoka's coming out with a secret. I mean, uh, Brooks is coming out with a new secret shoe. For like a plated shoe? I think so. I think it's like a brand. It's a brand new like secret shoe. We're supposed to be getting it like next month. Cool. Boom. So it's going to be for sure. Yeah. To What's on celebrate the release yeah. of that. And it also brings up an interesting thing that's happening. Daylight savings time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it's it Sunday? Which, which one is the spring forward? Fall back. Okay. Oh, man. 
man, I'm here for that. I know, right? It that means that like when the sun's going down at like six, it's really gonna be going down at seven. So good. And et cetera, as it stays. And then we get that extra light. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Light. But just then feels. the morning becomes darker for a little bit. For a little bit. That's but, fine. But I I love one of my favorite things is running in the morning and seeing the sun come yeah. up. It is the best. Yeah. The and one time feel, a year I do it. I feel like you feel like you're so productive. Like it's like other people are sleeping and you're out there when the sun's coming up and you're like, I'm done with my miles for the day. And people are just starting to open their eyes. Yeah. Shout out to the daylight savings. Yeah. All right. Hey, this week we're excited to be talking to Chris Huff, the founder of Artican. And uh, I love Artican bracelets. So it was fun talking with him. He's got an interesting backstory and history comes from Nike. You'll find out more about him when we talk to him here, but if you've ever seen the bracelets that a lot of runners are wearing that have like kind of like these beads, uh, they're shipped over from Africa and they're cool. So let's talk to Chris. All right. So here we are. We are with Chris Huff from Artican. If you don't know what Artican is, uh, you're probably not running these days with anybody who has a bracelet on their wrist because just about anybody who is anybody running these days has an Artican bracelet. Uh, you may recognize them from their, I mean, originally they were like a, uh, the first one I got was the Kenyan flag. And uh, Chris was nice enough to send us, send us a couple bracelets. I love it. I ended up ordering some for, friends as gifts. And I even went back and I noticed that they had a believe one. So ordered that one. Uh, but it's not just about the bracelet. There's a mission. Chris is here. He's going to talk a little bit about it and then we're going to get into what's the future and what's happening. And, uh, we might geek out on some stuff. So Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, definitely nice to be on your show. How many episodes am I going to fall after Kipchoge? Oh, uh, well this week we have Aaron from Puma on, and I think I talked to you about another guest that we're looking forward to talking to at the Woodlands that you're friends with, uh, Jordan Hesse. Okay. So I don't know if you're coming yep. before Jordan or after Jordan. My guess is you're probably coming matter. before Jordan. So you would be two after Elliot Kipchoge. Wow. What an honor to be on the big run media, baby. <laughs> well, well, think about it. You're, you're coming in third place technically, you know, and any, if you could do that behind Ilya Kipchoge anytime, that's a pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I'm like Galen Rupp here in the 2016 Olympics. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to be on the show. Um, I remember seeing that on your LinkedIn profile, like a few weeks ago, like Ilya Kipchoge. I was like, what, how, how, how? Like, that's awesome, but cool. So yeah, excited to be here. Uh, started Artican about five years ago now. I was working at Nike, um, and it was absolutely zero idea of let's start a business. It was more or less like this elusive bracelet that we're all aware of, um, this Kenya flag, but I wanted my name customized on it. Um, we've seen so many athletes for decades, I mean, for decades long, people, Kenyan athletes specifically, um, all the way up to the president of the country. Uh, it's just a big thing to wear the Kenya flag on the wrist. And my roommate in college had one 
and I had one and one, but I never had the opportunity. He never went back and it just like never transpired. Next thing you know, five years later, I was at Nike um, and I ran across Paul Chalimo and Shadrach uh, on the Hollister Trail across the street from Nike wearing the same Kenyan flag on the wrist. And I'm like, yeah, this is my time. Like, <laughs> I've got to. So, so you mur- murdered one of them and hit him in the woods. Yeah, so I turned around <laughs> and I just hopped them down easily. Uh, no, actually, they were running opposite directions. So the like the funny part is, I actually had to turn around and try and catch up to them. And I think they were going like maybe six minutes. Typically, they're six minute pace for each. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you should have just up. you should have kept going your direction, waited them for them to loop around. I could I could have, but I was actually nervous. So I thought about that, but I was nervous like they could have been finishing yeah. and like they could have came off at some point. Um, Cause at the time I didn't know either of them. I had actually competed against one, both of them one time in college um, competed quote unquote loosely, but um, I did run against them and I saw them and so I knew who they were. And yeah, I just ran up and asked about how do I get this bracelet? Um, I really need to make this happen. And Paul actually happened to be going back to Kenya a few months later um, and said, no problem. I'll bring you back one. And sure enough, that's kind of how it went. So he brought me back three, one with the Kenya flag in my first name, one with the Kenya flag in my last name, and one just with the Kenya flag. Wore it to work. Um, and then it was just like the domino effect, man. It was like everyone else that had already known about it, right? It's not like it was it's just this Kenya flag bracelet that Rudisha had worn in the Olympics and many other athletes and um co-workers and friends and family were uh, after the same thing and that's uh fast forward to here we are that's incredible Is it, so but how do you go from getting one brought back like a as a souvenir to locating the people that actually make them and you know say hey i think i could sell these here yeah definitely a process so fortunately like i said it was and still even to this day it was always it's always been for fun so it was never like stressed, like, how am I going to like build something out of this? It was, I was in a very awesome job at Nike. Um, so I just again, leveraged the relationship initially with Paul and it was like, where did you get this from? Um, and then he had given me the, the phone number to that individual as to which the first maybe five months or so, it was just like texting. Like, hey, uh, I have a friend that's interested in a Kenya flag. Uh, and on the other half, let's throw like John on it. Um, and then from there, uh, the Olympic Games was fortunately like right around the corner, 2016 Olympic Games. So I had launched the company uh, July 4th. So about a month later, there was the Olympic Games. So then I was like, all right, global stage. I could probably do some exposure out of this with some athletes. So I like had a handful made real quick and put them on. Um, a lot of BTC athletes at the time I was managing the social channel, uh, Bowerman Track Club's social media. And um, yeah, I just handed them to a bunch of BTC athletes. <laughs> what, a, what a neat it's, opportunity. Now, it just isn't, you know, it's one thing to have the bracelets and they're cool, but there's somewhat of a mission behind them, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Huge mission. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. It was definitely, it was, uh, it's a big part. We're actually currently working on our largest, I guess I'll preface this with, yeah, 10% of the profits um, from the company go right back towards clean water initiatives in Kenya. Uh, if it's not through our own personal projects, because I have my own uh, 
friends and people on site that I'm aware of um, where I can like get more of the profits into it. Most of the time, the profits go towards the water project, um, which is a, a nonprofit based out of, I think, New Hampshire. But yeah, 10% of profits go back to clean water initiatives. And this goes directly again through uh, talking with Paul. So when I realized there was something to it, I instantly wanted to do, I, I had actually just finished the book um, and I don't even know what it is, but it's by the guy who uh, founded Tom's, the shoe, like one shoe for a shoe. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I had just finished that book and I was inspired to um, more or less like people over profit kind of thing, but I more definitely wanted to put money back into the country where I was going to be uh, bringing product from that country, at least this way. And um, I spoke with Paul and spoke with Shadrach and said what was maybe, and I hadn't been to Kenya at this time. So I'm, I mean, I, I could only like Google like what is necessary, what can help. And it was definitely clean water through and through. There was no hiccups. It was like, if you're, we can do anything, let's channel it um, towards clean water initiatives. So out of the gate, it was, uh, it's always been clean water and now we're doing huge things. They're working on a very, very, very exciting, um, project right now, right outside of Mombasa. Um, a huge 60 foot well bringing, it'll bring water to a community of about a hundred where less they have to typically walk legitimately about five kilometers on average one way, um, before or after work, depending on if it's the child or the mother or whomever. Yeah, not the way you want to do a 5K. Yeah, definitely not. Not even like, and not even like have to. <laughs> not even like, oh, maybe I'm right for this. Like, yeah, so. <laughs> no metal. Uh, no metal. <laughs> water. Water. Yeah. yeah it's def- I mean, that's we pretty amazing. Is that why in your logo there's the water drop in the waves? Yep, absolutely. So it was more or less to uh, encompass the, uh, the mission within the logo. Um, as you see, it's the water drop that sits on the, sits on the waves. All right, second check-in. You've already know that you're following through with your plans, and uh, hopefully you've got this down. And if you haven't made it a habit already, uh, it should be a habit. I know one of the ways that I always like to motivate myself to stick into the plan and getting out there is putting a race on the schedule. So whether it's a virtual race, a virtual challenge, or an actual in-person race, maybe it's time to put one on the calendar and keep you motivated to get out there. So fast forward, 2016 you started. Now we're 2020, and people are buying the bracelets. What's that? So I think we're 2021 now. Oh, my God. Yeah, we are. You know what? That's what happens when when you're living in COVID. It's Groundhog Day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's not just 2021 it's not like it's january we're we're almost in march now um yeah and i still don't know it the uh but that's awesome so here we are i I mean that's that's seven years later you're down in florida am i getting math wrong 2016 four five yes you're right see i'm boy (laughs) i can't even blame that on that honestly i almost thought about if we could schedule this around like 9 10 a.m when we're like sharper it's yeah. 3 30 right now <laughs> I, I and that's that is my problem i got morning brain i'm glad to hear you have it too i am we're, we're talking in the afternoon this is normally when the you know the uh, coffee's worn off everything's going going to shutdown mode um yeah. anyway so we're we're five years later we've got 
Articans down in Florida. You're working it. You've got multiple people. So check out the website, see all the different uh, drops that he has. You also have special, um, like right now, there's some special uh, drops that you just did, limited runs and stuff of designs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like five of them, right? Or now uh, there's seven. ten. Or ten. Yeah, there, there we yeah. go. Numbers out, my friend. It's all right. There's ten in the artisan collection. Um, where this is the first time we actually had the artists that make up the product. So there's ten artisans uh, that work out of downtown Nairobi, where all the product is made and sourced. Uh, where they had the complete um, free reign to design whatever they wanted opposed to us, like drafting up the creative direction and sending it to them. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, on the page. And in addition to the 10% that we do to clean water, we're actually kicking back 10% to the, uh, to the team. Oh, wow. So, so is yeah. it, are the, these are a limited run. So get them with uh, or, or are you going to replenish? No, yeah, I'll probably actually, so limited more or less was like the Craig Ingalls collaboration. Um, which is really exciting, but no, I, I think we're not going to make this too limited in the fact that, um, would love to just continue to support financially, put more aid towards back the team. Um, so there's actually no real end goal. It, it might actually run through the summer, right? More, more than less. It'll go through the summer seven, one, when the summer collection comes of the, out. of the 10 designs, which one's selling the most? Uh, most definitely the, uh, I am essential bracelet, which was one of the artists was trying to pay homage and love towards the, uh, health care frontline employees. So it's like a EKG line with a heart. Okay. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. There, there's a chemical one that I liked. Uh, what was it? DNA, DNA? Yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. But- DNA is cool. All right. So where, what's going on now? What's, what's the future or like, how do you see the company growing? Cause you know, after we all get bracelets and multiple and multiple designs, you know, there's gotta be ways to grow. And I'm sure you're thinking about that for your future. Like what's, what's the future looking like? Yeah. Future is massive, massive, massive. I'd say there's no innovation just never stops. I don't think it matters which industry, whether it's footwear or, uh, automobiles or iPhones, um, brace with this. I mean, there's a billion things in the back of my head as to the future uh, of the product line. But as far as where we are today, uh, short term and far term, the Olympic Games right around the corner is huge for us. Absolutely massive. Um, so to preface that, we actually uh, I just finalized an investment deal. So super exciting. Um, it's been, uh, it's been bootstrapped. It's been every penny earned went right back into So I mean, it took two and a half years before I went all in, uh, myself or where I was working outside of here, uh, and then doing this seven to one. But as of, uh, literally a couple of weeks ago, it's been months in the process between attorneys back and forth, back and forth, making sure that it was mutual, but in the mine and the company's best interest. So, um, more or less a little shark tank action <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but no, it's really exciting that the investor on board is extremely knowledgeable, former COO of a global coffee company. Um, and uh, so long-term, five, 10 years is absolutely uh, taking the company global. I mean, they were just sold to the, Ma- the Maldives, dude. The Maldives, can we cuss on <laughs> Yeah, you can cuss <laughs> on you want. We have an email. Fucking Maldives, dude. I was like, over the weekend, I had to like, I 
seen the, like the Instagram ads are like, come, come vacation here. Like it's like a billion dollars to go there. I actually had to Google it last night to see where it really was positioned. And I was like, Oh my God, this is legitimately a global brand yeah. through and through. It's not like, so that's long-term. Um, How do you like, that's a question that we always have. Cause people always are asking if we'll send stuff over to, you know, Europe. And I'm like, between like, taxes or what it would it you know import taxes customs customs, and shipping it's like more expensive than the product it's like how how do you work i mean you're shipping from africa to the united states and then Mm -hmm. you're shipping back out from the united states to other places how do how do you work out all those you know shipping uh you know for each different country and and all that for their customs yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's legal ways and there's illegal ways. <laughs> and I say that <laughs> I say that jokingly in the fact that you can always like cut cost on uh, how much you actually mark the product based off of the the uh, import custom fee, pending the country like EU and out of EU. Some of them are like, all right, that's valued at a hundred. We're gonna take a hundred for us. And then there's some countries like, oh, cool, it's under a hundred bucks and it's just no charge to them. Um, but to answer your question. And again, literally about an hour ago, I was mapping out. Ever heard of the running club out of Copenhagen, NBRO? Yeah, I follow them on Instagram. Cool, absolutely. So I'm literally working on something right now for them. And they were like looking at price breaks based off of quantity. So, uh, and more or less, it's on shipping. So there's looking at how much that costs. But to get around that, and that's the route where I'll we'll go, go probably about four or five years from now, once we really are confident in our um, foothold in North America is the, um, the distribution centers within within like Amsterdam or somewhere like Central um, to to bypass all of those ridiculous shipping centers. So it would just be like bespoke where you may share. Gooder, for example, I think opened um, their own, or maybe they're sharing, but they just had opened up a distribution center themselves within the last year or so. So. You could go in and share space with like Gooder. Hey, we're Artigan. We're also at, and they're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Cause we have 500 square feet. We don't yeah. even use up over in the corner. We'll charge you X amount and you can drop X amount of bracelets over there. And then they so, have someone working there that will fulfill orders. Exactly. Just a third party logistics company that would manage um, just policies and procedures as far as like quality control and make sure that it ships out according to how you see it here. So that's, that's- uh, definitely. EU would be um, a distribution center somewhere in the EU. All right. So for most people, that's not going to make sense for someone like you who is going to be doing high volume. It makes a little more, a little more sense. Yeah, for sure. So as far as like, and you could still like buy a product for one person. Like it would be um, a site, like an EU site, right? That you would go to whatever EU, whatever. Um, or even through that, and I, I'll be transparent in the fact that I don't know how that works, yeah. but I do know, you can go to Nike.com and you like click your country. That's practically what they're doing. It's like geo-targeting and relocating as far as to where the shipping, your fulfillment center comes from. Yeah. So if you're in the EU, you would select EU as to which then you would have EU shipping charges. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that gets more and more complicated. See, that's why I stick to U.S. sales only. <laughs> A hundred percent. And that's exactly why I brought on the investor, um, the specific investor that I did because of his global uh, experience with, with,
within coffee, but same thing in the fact that he is uh, familiar with brokers and customs and um, trademark infringement. We see like Michael Jordan is constantly in a trademark battle with China um, and we're like ripping off the logo. And so I have zero experience in that. And yeah, came with a, with some cash, gave up a little equity and excited, not the fact that we're blowing it out of the water, but the fact that uh, I'm starting on March 10th, two weeks from today, Artigan is going to have his first full-time employee. And like the thought of it, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it you're going to, in six months, you're going to wonder how you did it without someone. Oh, uh, well, I kind of already figured that out. Like, um, yeah, I don't even know how I do it now because for the longest time, shout out to my ex-girlfriend. Like, absolutely. <laughs> right? I don't, do people even like ever do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, they shout out. Not in a positive way. <laughs> no, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely live it in a positive way. So huge shout out to my ex-girlfriend. There was no way I could have gotten to where I am today without her. Like undoubtedly when I left my last job prior to here, I was working at Ironman and um, I was like, yo, I want to go all in on this. Like there's something to it. She kind of saw it. And uh, I just needed you like, can you hold the floor down for like a half year, six months while I make this happen? And she was like, all right, no problem. Six months. Um, <laughs> but no, she, she was like, all right, I got you. And, uh, Man, she was absolutely amazing. She was a, she still is a nurse full time, so she had like the operational, the analytical, the the fundamental, the the data, the analytics stuff that just like puts me to sleep. I would imagine that you are the opposite. You're probably like me, the creative, the visionary, and like there's no there's no structure. And I'm like over here, and then I'm over here, and then I'm over here, and. If you yeah. can find that yin and yang person, and it sounds like maybe your COO is going to do that for you, but for me, it's definitely Megan on our side. She is, you know, detail oriented graphs, yes. Excel spreadsheets, yes. all that stuff. Yes. And I'm like, hey, I think this would be cool. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I'm pulling the trigger and getting the credit card out, and we're we're moving forward. And she's like, oh god, please make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> sure. See, that was her. Um, for two and a half years, she was like operations and fulfillment. And I mean, we have 50 accounts, 50 accounts currently sell us. And the last one I opened was uh, Disney World, oh, believe wow. it or not. Where are these going? Where are they going in Disneyland? Are they going just to like anybody yeah, no, wants it's a going to the boathouse. What's that? Yeah, it's going to the boathouse. The boathouse, it's like one of their best restaurants um, in all of Disney, in Disney oh, wow. Springs. So yeah, it's really, really nice. They have a nice gift shop. Um and actually, I just got an update like two days ago. It's like practically all gone and need to get back in it and fulfill. And that's the thing. It's always the longest time I had to help. And um, she, again, she was a nurse, only able to put forth 20 hours a week or so. And I needed someone 40. And yeah. uh, I didn't want to hire someone like a, I wanted to hire talent. Like I wanted to hire someone very good at what they did. And, um, I couldn't just hire a $50,000 employee, right. Without like, I didn't have that much money to hire. So that was the point of the investor. Um, it takes money to make money and gave up some equity with someone really good. That's just going to bring a hundred times the value back and just hired an employee who starts again two uh, two weeks from today. So 
it just someone who's sharp, has startup experience, and is going to come in here and uh, make it rain. Right. Uh, well, cool. So, yeah, things are going well. First employee starts next uh, two weeks from today, and um, and then it's go time. Back to the whole strategy thing. The Olympics is the only thing that's on my mind, and the only thing that would be on our mind because we're about to sign five athletes. Wow. Are you so, going to Japan yeah. as well? Uh, no, I wish I'll be there in spirit, but uh, most likely be in the uh, at the, the trials. Are you ready to talk about the athletes, or you need to hold off until papers are signed and? All that kind of stuff. We, I'll talk. I'll talk with you. So yeah, I'll definitely say. And first off, uh, well, I will say. When does this go out? Uh, this not this week. Probably the following week. Okay. So March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, right now, yeah, nothing is signed. The, the contracts are being wrote. Um, I will mention we have three males and two females. Um, I would say that we, uh, can you give me countries? All yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that as of right now, all U S citizens, um, but that is not the case. And, uh, probably here in the next couple months as I'm working with two, two athletes, uh, in Kenya. So oh, wow. I, the five that I speak to right now, uh, are definitely U S citizens and, um, yeah, super, super excited. I'll, I'll even go as far as saying, I wanted to take care of people first that have taken care of the brand and the fact that they've been repping it for a long time, long before, just because they were a fan. I mean, like most, no one's ever been paid. So they're just a fan of the brand. And um, there's five athletes. I am um, very excited to hope, hopefully finalize something as to which right now looks really good. It's just I noticed, noticed Illy Kipchoge had like one of those Lance Armstrong rubber style uh bracelets on uh like how bad would you like to get 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 him on board i, I mean there's no other athlete i would prefer more yeah. like not even just trying to hop on like the kipchoge bandwagon because i'm a huge fan naturally the product is sourced and made in kenya we get back to kenya and like there's so many athletes that wear bracelets arctic and bracelets from kenya but yeah kipchoge's wearing this plastic bull crap um <laughs> But I have, like I said, I've reached out to his, uh, his coach. I've reached out to um, a close friend of his. And, uh, I mean, it's trying to get a hold of LeBron James. Yeah. Like, literally. You got to imagine what, okay. what the ask is on that guy on the daily. Like, I feel so fortunate that we were able to uh, get the opportunity we got. It kind of fell in our lap. But I can't imagine mm -hmm. how many people are trying to reach out uh, to him on, on just a constant flow. Oh man. I mean, like I, I said that loosely, but I, I would imagine it's no different really to a degree as like LeBron James. I mean, yeah. he is, because you follow his Instagram page and his, I mean, in his professional pages and uh, I mean, travel tours in Kenya on LinkedIn, he was recently doing something with them. And that's a big account. And that, that didn't hit let's run and that didn't hit anywhere. It wasn't on any running Twitter, anything, anything, but it, it's in like the Kenyan news. <laughs> and um, I was like, this man, he is all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, his ask would be huge. And yeah, it is what it is. There's a whole bunch of other athletes that are big and super studs yeah. uh, that that will be rocking and having for sure. Well, when you look at uh, when you look at breaking too, and you see the you know the the twenty five fifty athletes that helped him pace uh, up for that, each one of those guys is a stud. You know. It's like, 
Absolutely. I mean, Paul Chalimo, there's, there's medalists that were in there pacing him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a god over there. And you're saying there's two female athletes that are signing with you as well? But yeah, so there's two. There's three male, two female, um, and then there's two athletes uh, in Kenya. Okay. Um, it, 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 so the team is growing. The team is growing. Yeah, the team is going to go from zero to five. <laughs> zero in the fact. Zero to we're going to have a starting lineup. So uh, and it's been athlete, it's been athletes who have definitely just rocked the brand. They're currently wearing it. Yeah. I'm just now going to be able to run advertising with their face. Like oh, that's, I didn't even think about that. Um, yeah. So, and of, of the, like right now, I think in the USA, especially women's distance running is just on fire and that there's so many great female runners right now. Uh, like I can yeah. fantasize about who, who maybe you're getting on board. Um, but are we going to see any of them in Texas next week or is it this weekend? When is it? When is the, uh, uh it's this week, next weekend, right? I want to say it's, Oh, I don't know. You're talking about the Woodlands half. And I don't no, know. no, it's not the Woodlands uh, half. I'm talking about the um, Sidious Mag is covering the, uh, like it's like. Oh, oh yeah. You're talking about the, um, yeah, that, that I, too. I think that's Friday and Saturday. Uh, I don't even know if the right, actually, I know for a fact, at least one of them is. And right. maybe, maybe more. I haven't even, honestly, I haven't even seen the heat sheets. I don't know who's racing and what. If if they're running ten k and below, they're probably there. If they're trying to get into the Olympics, okay. Yeah, I mean, I know again. I know for a fact one of them is there. Okay, but I don't know, and maybe three of them could be. Um, I'll definitely when we hop off uh, the record, I'll definitely tell you who they are. Cool. I'll know Uh, who to root for. Yeah, for sure. So it's exciting, Uh, and one of them, no one will know, and I'm really excited. to, to mention that one down the road. Yeah, I can't wait to get it all out there and uh, market because the brand is growing. It's not even just like the United States, man. It's like, it's definitely international. I mean, we ship a lot to Asia and huh. the, there's definitely, uh, I, I would love to be on the um, flying Norwegian bros. Like, absolutely would love to dominate that market um, and a whole bunch of others. So slowly, I mean, there is, it's going to be a global takeover. I say that like as humbly as possible, but it'll slowly, the company will grow, whether it's a year or 20, I'm, I'm in no rush as to how it pans out. Um, but eventually it'll be, um, within the next decade. Yeah. And it orig- will be the- originally we talked about, uh, you know, when I first met you, it was, uh, through a, a acquaintance, uh, and I think hit hit you up on LinkedIn or you were asking a question on LinkedIn and somebody answered it and directed you towards me. I think it was Seth hasty. And, um, you were, you were talking about, we were talking about your product line and stuff. And I know at that time you kind of had a lot, lot wider, like net is, is there going to be more product? Are you going to zero in on like a certain niche? Like what, what are you thinking as, as far as growth? Yeah. So as far as growth right now, it's definitely like focusing on where there's so much opportunity. And right now that's like the, the McDonald's French fries are our bracelets um, and customization. It's a big part of the company's bottom line is custom. Uh, but at the same time, it's also trying to continue to offer 
uh, now that actually looking at analytics and seeing what people are really interested in, our inline, our product line is um, getting fine, more fine-tuned as to which we're offering product to more or less get away from the custom. So we have something readily available for them, uh, which is like the, the believe race that the city is. Yeah. The, I, started, the I started doing the um, uh, custom for the believe until I was like, wait a second. Let me look on here and make sure he doesn't already have one. And I was like, okay, he's already got one. Good, good. That but I have done the custom one and they, I did a, a custom one as a thank you to some people that helped us do a century ride, uh, crewed us and people loved them. I mean, they came out beautifully. Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, a the product is a, so first I'd say there's definitely focusing on the RSG space, uh, dominating that in North America, but from and and saying this right now as a one-person team and seeing it down the road ten years from now, where I, I foresee it as twenty-man team or one million, five, ten, twenty, fifty million-dollar company, it's there's so much more outside of running, like we're, like the Disney we're selling, World. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. I was pointing to Disney World. We're like we just sold out in Disney World. We're in, Nobody knows anything like the, the whole, nothing of the display speaks to running. Um, we were at surf expo last year and we're in a whole bunch of surf accounts. I mean, I've got emails from Nantucket yeah. surf company. So I can it, see you going to tennis to, to, you know, even Nantucket. It's jewelry. <laughs> yeah. It's jewelry, man. Yeah. So that's yeah, the Nantucket surf company. Literally there's an email. So shout out to Laura Berlin from Nantucket surf company. But yeah, they, these, their customers don't know anything about running. Yeah, they, you should check out Charleston. Charleston would be a rich spot for this as well. I feel like uh, mm, all, all those yeah, boutique stores. Yeah, we have a um, we're in a massive, massive hotel in actually Charleston. And God, do I feel bad for not knowing who it is? But um, I mean, you got the surf shop, Los Olos. You've got, I mean, skate shops. You've got, you know, everything there, and just straight yeah. up jewelry and stuff like that. So, and it's got that beach vibe. But I, I, I'm probably not as dialed into your sales as you are. I just love Charleston. Uh, no, running is definitely the focus. It's the history. It's the heritage. It'll never go anywhere. It'll be like, uh, you should use Nike, for example. I mean, they're born around the whole pre-era. And the next thing you know, it was like running, running, running. And, uh, and then Michael Jordan put him on the map. Yeah. As far as like overtaking Reebok and... Um, Bo Jackson. I mean, everybody. Yep. Serena Williams. Yeah. Exactly. It and and so it'll eventually get to that point. I'm loving the uh, the running culture. I mean, it, I'm a runner myself, ran collegiately, and I love it's how I found myself. It's why I wanted the bracelet because runners were wearing it from Kenya. So it'll uh, slowly just dominate that niche. And then from there. I mean, I feel I like mean, there's even, a revolution in running a little bit, like from when I started. You know, you went into your running shoe store and you got a pair of Brooks shorts and you got a Brooks shirt and you threw on your Brooks, you know, glycerin or, or whatever you had back then. And there, yeah. was, there wasn't there was there was no cool factor. And now you're starting to see niche brands come out that are addressing that. You have somebody as big as Tracksmith who has like a running culture down to, you know, Say Sky. Oak and, running. I'm going to give a shout out to Oak Running. Oh, and maybe I just butchered running. how they... Oak Running. Oak, they're out of Minnesota. OPE, have you heard of it? Or I have, it? I have, because uh, Ben Johnson, who does some reviews for us, he'll he'll uh, rep their okay. gear every once in a while. Yeah, so 
love to those guys. Um, husband and wife, they've done a little order from us, um, and they are that niche, super cool-looking product. Yeah, I think for for a certain degree, there's there's two different types of runners. Now, you grew up in the track scene and running in school and stuff like that, so you guys had your own kind of style and what you guys thought was cool in, in that sector, and then... There's the hobby joggers like myself who come in later in life that are out of shape or whatever, but then start to feel like they want to get competitive in their age group and stuff like that. But there wasn't really, there's not a coolness to the sport. I, I even see it sometimes like uh, I saw this one golf brand that's starting to do like wild golf clothes. I'm like, see, somebody's trying to create a niche of culture and get away from just the standard. And I feel like these bracelets and even some somewhat, you know, love them or hate them, Gooder has brought you know, a product in that's, you know, going to give people a way to express themselves with running. hundred percent. I love, I love what Gooder's doing. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love the people at Gooder. I'm a fan of Gooder. Um, yeah. I just mean like some people, you know, will criticize the quality because they are a disposable of course, of course. product, but yeah. I'm saying they give, they brought something fun and cool to the, to the running community. And I, I feel like your bracelets do that too. It's not necessarily something you need for performance, but it's that thing where I'm sitting across the table from someone and I see that they have a Kenyan bracelet on or a Artican style bracelet. And I, and I kind of know, okay, we have something. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. It's funny you mentioned that. Cause like I, I mean, try to have my ears on the ground as much as possible as far as like, listening to the customer and seeing how what people want um from a product standpoint but about a month or so ago uh amber shoals a cross country uh she's a junior or senior um florida state champion in cross country i'm pretty sure she's a oh god i have no idea junior or senior um cross country state champion in like 3a or 4a and um she's got maybe five or six or seven bracelets she's a big fan and when she swung by HQ, because outside of here, we have a beautiful Merle. Um, and I was just catching up with her and she wanted to take a tour. I asked her, how did she go about, like, of all the bracelets during the state meet, how did you go about choosing? Which, or did you choose? What did that process look like? Because you have so many. She goes, actually, there was a process. And this is something I've never spoke to anyone about, because most people may only have one or two or three, but people have been around and started like, get more and more she actually chose finish on e which is a big bracelet for us on purpose because she knew in the race when it times were when it was about to get tough and um she only pulled away i think with i mean she barely won but she had said with a quarter mile to go she actually fucking looked down at her wrist and actually read finish on e when she was like like, you know, you start to like question yourself, or uh, maybe I let up Tunnel on the vision. gas. Or, yeah. Tunnel, yeah. And that's when I was like, wow, people actually, like I kind of had known, but to hear it is amazing. Looking down and reading messages on their hand or their wrist. So the spring and summer, or more or less the summer collection, is dived into making sure that the product really speaks stories um, to people because yeah over our text bracelets do well all right final check-in 
Are you thinking about those races that you could do or ways in which you can motivate yourself? Another thing I like to do is have new gear. <laughs> Not everybody has a luxury of having new gear all the time, but it certainly makes it easier to get out the door if you have a new pair of shoes or even, I mean, even a new pair of socks can make the difference. So just get, I'm going to encourage you, take that that uh, stimulus cash, go out there and buy yourself something that'll do something for your health and get you out on the roads and motivate you. Megan has uh, written, Megan, my wife, has written inspirational messages on her forearm, you know, for when things get tough. People do it with tattoos. They do it with that. The bracelet's like another form of, of way to get that that message in there and, and to, to do it. I think that's, it's awesome. What you're doing is ins- yeah. inspirational to people on many levels, like entrepreneurship, figuring out your own path, doing your own thing. Like most people would be like, hey, you know, I'm going to quit my job at Nike and sell bracelets. That's a tough, tough ask. But you had the balls to do it. You went out, you built something. People, it resonates with people. People want to be a part of it. They want to own it. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's exciting. I guess before we uh, before we head out and split ways, let me sh- I'll show you one bracelet from the spring collection. Here's something. And actually, I have not one product has been shown anywhere. So Big Run Media will be the first person. First, that- first people to see it. Let's see it. Yeah. So we have um no pain, <laughs> no gain. Nice. And um this is exciting because this is the first time we implemented like a smaller text to really showcase yeah. um detail pain and gain. And then uh so that's more like the adjustable model. And then we have the original model up upside down over here. And um yeah, same thing, no pain. All right, I might no have to gain. hit that one up for my brother in law. He's a he's a big yeah. uh big crossfitter guy too. So he does there's, pl- there's plenty, plenty more where that came from, but right. uh, yeah, let's talk shoes, man. All right. So we normally ask our guests, you know, what if they're a runner, what uh, is their favorite shoe, their go-to daily trainer, and then usually what's a race day shoe? Undoubtedly, without hesitation, the Nike Pegasus. All right. So even you're a fan of the Pegasus 37. Huge, huge fan of the Peg. Yeah, I've been running in the Peg since college, and it's more or less like. It's, I love products that really like don't tweak innovation too much because then it like really steers. That's when you'll lose your customer. I, um, I, see, I feel like the 37 sort of, it, it did a little bit of a shift that got some people, got some people weirded oh, out, but I think it's a great daily trainer. Yeah. It, and, and so it also goes back to the price point because, you know, foot prices are like these shoes are just starting to skyrocket. And the Pegasus is that, I would, I don't want to call it entry level because it depends what some people sixty seventy dollars shoes are entry level. It's the people's awesome shoe. The Pegasus is the it, people's shoe. It, I mean, there's a hundred colors to choose from. You can get that thing and whatever you want to match with. Like it's the Nike Pegasus is definitely you, my go-to. You can get your university. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can do anything. And I mean, they recently had the Nike Pegasus with the uh, the Kipchoge. Uh, yeah, collab, I, I think. saw that. Yeah. Well, it also had so, the Alpha Fly, the paper. The Alpha Fly too. Yeah, and you could buy shirts. It, they had the whole. I mean, you could be, you could be going to the start line. All uh, you just have to add your Arctic and bracelet. And your, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then okay, so race day. I'm thinking you're probably gonna stick with the family. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the family because yeah, I'm not gonna veer away. I definitely have a little bit of bias towards Nike, given my friendships and former days there, but. 
Uh, it's also has nothing to do with the fact that they are the best in my eyes, um, as far as money. I mean, R and D and they just kill it, but this might throw you for a curveball, and I'm not going to hop on the alpha fly wave, but, um, actually the Nike may fly. Well, we're not going a marathon distance in that, right? No, 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 definitely not. This was like my standard 5k to 15k shoe. Yeah. Paula Radcliffe did run in the Mayfly for the marathon, but she also probably weighs like a fraction. Yeah, for sure. The, the Mayfly, for those of you who don't know, is a paper thin, uh, racer that was very popular. I'd say, uh, early two thousands to maybe 2005 which was it, it was meant to basically fall apart on your foot. Yes, you killed it. Absolutely. It was supposed to last the distance of a marathon and practically be done, except it didn't. It lasted, and it was, like, still flawless. So it's probably about to sell out all over the world now. That <laughs> if you can find one. <laughs> That's yeah, eBay. You know what? I'll tell you something funny. I don't know if you know the guys that betray you. Um, but their shoe model, he was a huge Mayfly fan. Let's try saying mm. that Mayfly fan, and his fan. his design of his shoe is inspired by the Mayfly. Interesting. So if yeah, you like definitely. that, you may want to try and trade you. I will absolutely. I mean, I've seen them, um, and I know we mentioned this before that we hopped on. I'm a fan of On too. Uh, yeah. So, but. Yeah, I'd say the Mayfly and the the Pegasus. The um, longer runs were probably typically I found myself in the Vomero. Um The earlier Lunar Trainer, I think, was only around a year or two. Um, but the Lunar Series, I was pretty much a fan of for quite some time. They were good. Um, and that's uh, that's it. It's it's pretty Nike love. Awesome. I, are you are you currently racing at all? Like even no, if it's not COVID. No, I'm not. Unfortunately, not. You just busy working. Have, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Probably sad to mention this because it hasn't really gone public, and I haven't really mentioned it to many people. I kind of like quit the sport about a uh, month, two months ago. Um, and I say quit in the fact that I was literally struggling mentally to fight because I can't run for fun. When I train, I'm I'm still I'm, so I'm type A A A A A. So when I'm in it. Like I'm in it to win it and I'm seven days a week and I was falling out of love for it because it just did it so hard and so passionately. Yeah. And, uh, well, I wouldn't it, say so that. I can't, I can't hear you say you quit it. I think you're taking a break. A, 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 I think that's a much better way to put it. Yeah. A yeah. break. And it might be two years. Cause I'm just, I'm tired of being like the skinny dude, man. Like honestly, <laughs> you're going to Ryan Hall uh, on us. I, I, that's my like, well, first off, Ryan Hall is my favorite athlete. All right. So before, well, before he even did this little transformation Tuesday. I think like he's a, incredible. I mean, he's, he, what this, uh, like, it's funny. I think he's hulking out, but I'm loving watching the journey. I love it. And he's just, it's a, honestly, Ryan Hall is kind of where I feel like I'm at. I'm just was tired of pounding pavement for forever. I mean, but that's where I was struggling. I like, I'd go out for a run and then I would like, do I really want to, I don't like, do I want to do this tomorrow? No. And then I'd, I'd run like three days later and then I'd run like a day later and then I'd run four days later. Yeah, I was you like, need a break. I, I need, I need a break. So I'm in the gym every morning at seven. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get on next time. You're going to be all jacked. That's awesome. 
yeah, no, that, that, that's, I, I think, you know, there's, it's funny cause coming into running later in life and I didn't grind through high school and do track through college and all that stuff. I almost feel like I have an advantage cause like my times aren't that far off from where I started and yeah, I can dude, still absolutely. have PRs and I can still do that stuff. And I don't have that competitive or those haunting shadows and, you know, maybe a break, you take it and you come back and you appreciate running in a different way and see it for something else than, than the competitive stuff. That's it, man. That it's You literally nailed it on the head. That's exactly what the main issue was. It's that I knew I'm, I'm 33 and while I would, I'm out of my prime, I definitely was capable if I went all in on breaking what I was attempting to do in my PR break, break 15 minutes in the 5k. And I wasn't in love with it and I knew it took work and it just wasn't panning out. And I tried it actually like two years ago when I was like, all right, this is it. I'm going to go break. I was trying, trying to trying to break 15. I started at 20 minutes, 19 minutes, 18, 17, 16. I think I down like 1630, um, a, a decade removed from college. And, um, it just like whatever happened happened and I quit and yeah, I'm done. It is, it, I'm too much ch- trying to chase PRs from the past and not trying to like, I'll probably go back into it when I'm 40 and I'm like hopping on the <laughs> yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. And let me tell you something. It, it, as someone who didn't have to, you know, compare myself to a high school me, like running is all gravy. It's, it's just, there's so much to dig in and all that stuff. But, you know, even even now I've had my cycles of, you know, when you start off, everything's a PR, then you plateau and you kind of go down, you go back up. So I'm enjoying kind of getting into the Zen of it, but it's definitely, you know, it's a journey, man. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad. I know it's amazing. I struggle with it. There's still like, I mean, I have, I try to avoid cardio now, but I definitely (laughs) run at least once every week or two because I have to, because I'm a because I'm a runner at heart. Um, so yeah, that's that. All right, man, let's, let's end this on a positive note. You're signing up for a marathon in two weeks. (laughs) 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 Uh, Actually, let's end it on a positive note. And, uh, we're going to do one last shout out to my brother. Who's actually the race director of the air force marathon. So since you mentioned the marathon, the air force marathon is like, the perfect race for anyone trying to train for a marathon and isn't like worried about a Boston qualifier or trying to do a, like a world major for their first one. It literally runs on the base. Like the logistics are amazing. The course is awesome. So, um, and the medals are cool. And the medals are cool. Yeah. I mean, they typically bring out massive. Yeah. Yeah. They bring out the massive planes. It's a huge, it's an awesome race. So, um, I'm definitely not going to be doing any marathons. You'll always definitely see Artican. We were at New York City Marathon within Jackrabbit, and we'll be at marathons. Um, awesome. And our athletes will be running uh, the marathons. All right, guys, so that wraps it up for this week. Robbie, you can take yourself off mute now because you're going to tell uh, people how happy you are that they listened. And then also we're going to thank Nick Sanchez, our producer, and I'm going to thank Willie folks for putting on a fantastic, the Woodlands marathon. And, uh, yeah, try saying that, um, anybody else you guys want to thank? 
If you're still listening, thanks for being here. What about Ben Johnson? You yeah, want to thank him oh, for yes. pacing? Huge shout out to Ben Johnson for saving my life out on the marathon course. Yeah, and thanks to Dave Ames and Adrian Lanchelet for uh, giving me a nice pep talk before my uh, half. I, you know, I felt like I had it in my legs, it, just having the confidence to talk to your coach and, and to a psych person right before and saying, yeah, you got this was, was really helpful. So that was awesome. We had a great time out there for sure. Yeah. It was a great weekend. Uh, looking forward to more races coming up this summer and fall. I feel just feels good to have feel normal, I guess. Yeah. Like I feel like this is that crack of hope that we needed the lights coming through and yeah. And I think things are going to be coming back soon that's exciting yeah i mean this fall is going to be nuts how, how, many, <laughs> how many major marathons and other races are going to be going on i think i think wild. it could damage people because i think people are going to be like going so nuts for the live like i already want to race again yeah and if there was another race like next week you know be like why not and people are going to be breaking themselves left and right i signed up for frederick yesterday oh, nice. <laughs> i got too Full? excited no, half. Oh, okay. It's only a half. And then two weeks later, she's got to pace. Oh, you're doing the York Marathon full, right? Yes. Pacing him. Oh, oh, you're pacing him. That didn't look confident. I don't want to do it. Marathons don't. are hard. You're, f- oh, you got it. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, anyways, thanks for tuning in. That's right. If she can't handle it, I can take another win from Megan. <laughs> can you? If she didn't, if she, if she slows down and I oh, keep yeah. going. Yeah. Oh, I'm just dropping. Yeah. Oh. I guess that's that still counts. a win. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening and tune in next week. We'll have another great guest and maybe we'll talk about the Boston Marathon and our thoughts on that because I do want to talk about that. Mm. The virtual Boston Marathon. Don't ruining it. That's a tease. <laughs> All right. All right. Take care.